So we've been on the series of grace and uh, and just the the progression of grace and and um, it led us to forgiveness and we've been talking this is part two of from forgiveness to love so we're going to jump right into it tonight from forgiveness to love so the progression is God gives us grace and then grace gives us this this beautiful gift of forgiveness. And we clothe ourselves in forgiveness. And forgiveness leads us to love one another. I mean, it's really just a beautiful progression of how uh, if you're endowed with grace, this gift from God, you can't earn it. You can't, you can't sing loud enough. You can't raise your hands enough. You can't fast enough. You can't, you know, pray enough to get grace. It's simply a gift. And God says, hey, what do you do with gifts? You take it out and you take it for a spin, right? You use it. And you, you try it on, and you, and you get to know it, and you get to use your gift of grace. Grace then leads us to forgiveness. And we just have this attitude in our, in our, in our body, in our, in, our, in our marriages of forgiveness. And we just clothe ourselves in forgiveness and in friendships and relationships. We just constantly, we're assuming that we're going to take the road of forgiveness every time someone offends us. I, I uh, don't do this often, but... Last night we had a bunch of guys together, and, and man, I lost my temper. And it was, it was towards Michael, and I, and I know I shocked him. I mean, I like yelled at him. I was mad. And uh, immediately I went to my own message. I'm like, I'm like dude, would you forgive me? I, as a matter of fact, everybody here, please forgive me. I totally lost my cool. I totally lost my t- it was Where did that come from? You know, it's when you think you're conquering something, the Lord's like, oh, okay, we've got some stuff to work on still. So anyway, he was gracious and, and didn't beat me up. So that was good. Anyway, so forgiveness is such a huge component to our, to our lives. It's, listen to me. It is hugely important to walk in forgiveness for your own health, for your own mind, for your own well-being. Bitterness, I believe, is translated into our physical illnesses. And when we hold unforgiveness and ungrace in our hearts, it literally affects us physically. If you have had somebody that says chronic pain and chronic illness and chronic back pain and chronic uh, mental issues, and you, if you trace it long enough and you go deep enough, you're going to find out there's someone in their life that they're holding in judgment and they won't let go. And we've got to clothe ourselves. In, this sets us free, guys. It sets us free. So, Father, tonight, Holy Spirit, you're here. We just want to make ourselves aware of your presence. We don't need to invite you. You're already here. So wake us up to your presence, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. All right, here we go. The first thing I want to talk about tonight is true grace gives us a supernatural ability to love others. I'm sort of setting Dave and Catherine up for next month as they talk about falling in love. True grace sets us up supernaturally to love one another. John 8, 10 through 11, if you've got your Bibles, you can go there real quickly. John 8, 10 through 11, Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Now, this is a familiar verse. If you've ever read the story of the adulteress caught in the act of, of adultery and all the Pharisees Jesus, the Bible says, into making a bad decision or, or trap him in or Jewish law. I'm cutting in and out, bud. I don't know what it's, if it's me or you or what. Uh, but anyway, they're caught in this trap. They're trying to trap Jesus in. Okay, well, the Romans would not allow the Jews to carry out capital punishment. 
And the Jews were kind of in a, in a tough place back then because they were under a government that would not allow them to do that. But the penalty for this under the law is stone the woman to death. And you know the story. As women were caught in the act, they were stripped bare and literally stood before their accusers ashamed and naked and exposed. And I can't imagine what was going through Jesus' head as he begins to write in the dirt. And knowing, you know, people speculate what he wrote, wrote, what he wrote in the dirt. But I, I find it fascinating that as his fingers were going through the clay that day, he must have thought, this woman, this precious woman, is made from the very fabric in which I am now writing in. Jesus writes on our hearts this message of grace. And you can almost see him just tenderly kneeling down. He begins to write in the sand, write in the clay. And he doesn't really answer quickly. He sees this woman through the lens of grace. He doesn't see her through the lens of judgment. He sees her through this beautiful lens, this correct way of loving people the way God does. The law will condemn every time. A lot of us live under the law in shame and guilt and fear. But man, God's grace sets us free from that. And you guys know the rest of the story, right? I mean, it was, it was called that she became one of his most devout followers, washing his feet with her hair. And there at the tomb, very, at the very, begin, uh, very first person to be at the tomb, and uh, the testimony that Jesus was alive came through a woman that could have easily ended up dead or killed or Whatever. I mean, women ranked right along the dog, you know, back in, in, in those times, unfortunately. He said, I don't accuse you because true grace gives us supernatural ability to see past someone's current condition and see into their future. Watch this. Our false self, our egos, our false man lives from present to history. Present backwards. Does that make sense? So we're always trapped in our past. We live in present and past. Your true person lives present to future. Come on. Isn't that good? Our false self or, or the person that keeps us trapped in anger and disillusionment and bitterness. Why, why is that? You're always thinking of what happened to you in the past. Well, that person offended me, and that person did me wrong, and that person uh, should, it never got justice, and, or never got justified, or never got judgment the way I thought it should have been played out. That is not who you've been created to be. Jesus looks at your present and future. Now, he doesn't forget your past. I mean, we learn from our past, but we don't live in our past. We live in our present future. And Jesus saw this woman through this incredible lens of grace. And man says, man, baby... I don't, he might not call her baby, but he said, honey, he probably called her honey. Honey, look, you're, you, you think that right now is the ultimate, this is the best it's ever going to get for you. This is a message of the gospel. Listen to this. All these accusers are gone. And if anybody has the right to accuse you, remember he said, those without sin throw the first stone. Who had no sin in that crowd? Jesus. Jesus. You see this, all the connections now? Hey, if you don't have any sin in your life, go ahead and accuse this person. Go ahead, go ahead and throw the first stone. If, if any one of you is without sin, go ahead and throw the first stone. Jesus had every right to throw the stone, but instead put the stone down, stood up, embraced her, and said, babe, I'm telling you, your life is going to be amazing. 
I've got a better way for you to live. See, grace gives us a supernatural ability to love people the way God loves people. You know, you, we're, so, we're so quick to judge those who don't measure up to our rules. And we're so quick to judge those who don't, who don't meet our criteria as believers, past or present. Or they don't quite line up with our, dog, you know, our, our doctrine. I should say dogma. Uh, probably a better word. Our doctrine. They don't line up with our theo- theology. And so we judge them and we, 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 we say, you don't belong here. And, and man, I'm telling you, we're crushing that, we're, we're crushing that mindset. As a recovering Pharisee, as a recovering legalist, I'm crushing that mindset. And I'm saying, I am learning and I've loved to look at people the way God sees people, to see them in their future and not their current condition. Your current condition doesn't define you. We move forward into this grace. We move forward into love and we see people say, man, God has got so many good things in store for you. How do you know? It's his word. He promised it. I'm a good dad. I've got good and generous gifts I want to give you. That's the life I have for you. Grace sets us free from sin, but mostly sets us free from fear. Let me unpack this a little bit. Danny Silk said this, it's hard to go out and love sinners like Jesus did when you're still afraid of your own sin. Isn't good? It's hard to go out and love sinners like Jesus did when you're still afraid of your own sin. See, this is the, this is the job of the enemy, right? He wants, to keep your, he wants to keep you in fear. I won't even say keep your sin in darkness. All he wants to do, if he can just sprinkle a little bit of fear on your heart, we're screwed. What cast out fear? Perfect love. Grace gives us this ability to see past it, even in our own lives. Now look introspectively. We first were looking outward. Now, now look inside. Look at our own heart. Look at your own heart tonight. Are you ruled with fear? Are you ruled with anxiety? First of all, you've got to know that Jesus loves you. And, and some of us don't know that. We, we see him as a judging God, as an angry father, as a, a disciplinarian. I mean, I did. You're going to screw up, here comes the lightning bolt, right? You're gonna, the church is going to cave in around you. If you mess up, you're you're going to hell. You lost your salvation. Oh, better go get it back. Hit the altar. You'll get baptized again. All right, take communion. Sweet. I'm good for another week. And then you do, it's like, you know, just put the cycle on repeat over and over and over. Grace sets us free from sin, but mostly sets us free from fear. Fear, the Bible says, don't let it rule in your mortal bodies. Don't let sin take control of your high place. Don't let it rule you. What should rule us is Grace. Grace is this gift, and it's freeing, and it's light, and burden is perfectly suited for you. Remember, Jesus said, hey, are you burned out? Are you tired of religion? Are you sick of all the rules and regulations that the Pharisees have heaped upon you? You can't even move without probably sinning. You can't, you know, you can't, whatever, you can't pick an ear of corn without being in judgment. I'm telling you, I've got a better way to live. It's loaded with grace. Grace leads us to forgiveness. Forgiveness leads us to love. Romans 6.14 says this, Sin is no longer your master. For you no longer live under the requirements of the law. If you're a Jew, you're jumping up and down about now. What? Are you kidding me? I mean, we're free from this law that has just, all it's done for 4,000 years was accuse us. 
All it did was point out our weaknesses. All it did was point out our, our faults. All it did was point out where we were falling short all the time. And Jesus now through Paul says, instead you live under the freedom of God's grace. Woo! I mean, that is good stinking news. We can clap. You can say thumbs up, something. Any? Oh, there we go. Yeah. Right on. Cool. Look, guys. The problem we're having in our, our own wrestling, in our own Christianity, is that we still find ourselves trapped under conditions of the law. And I'm telling you tonight, the law can only do one thing. Point out where you're, you're wrong. The law can't give life. The law can't set you free. The law wasn't intended to do that. The law was only to point out where you were constantly falling short. Listen to the gospel. Jesus comes. Yes, by the law, you're supposed to be stoned. By the law, you're supposed to be shamed. By the law, but I'm telling you, there's a new way to live, and it's grace. And I'm here to just spread it around. And I want my disciples to spread it around. And I want you to spread it around. We are so worried about our messages, and our methods, and our buildings, and our songs, and our light show, and snowflakes, and smoke machines, and we forget the first thing that God tells us to do. Simply love one another. Love one another. As I have loved you, love. Love. I, I read this quote last week, and I put it up, but I'm so guilty of this. Pastors go to church to deliver a message, but most people come to church to simply be loved. Isn't that good? You know, pastors come to church, oh, I've got a great word for you, and I've been working on it all week, and I've got my notes, and I've got pictures, and I've got video, and I've got funny stories, and jokes, and, a, and there's going to be a, a mime come out later, and a clown, and a, whatever, good grief, you know? And, and people are like, oh, that's great, I just got, you know, I'll ring the register, here's your tip, put it in the basket, and I'll, you know, I'll see you next week, entertain me again. Our churches are great at producing consumers, but we've lost our way in making disciples. Pastors come to church to deliver a message, but people come to get connected. Man, guys, people come to this place, as small as we are, as hidden as we are, if they can walk out and say, man, I feel loved. I want that. New, old, it doesn't matter. I feel loved. I feel like I belong. Isn't that the message? You belong. A culture of grace, watch this, always creates a community of love and trust. A culture of ungrace creates a community of legalism and control. Legalism never shrinks. It always needs to grow. It feeds off of fear and unhealthy control. Let me unpack this a little bit for you. I'm not here to criticize or judge any denomination, so please forbear with me just a moment. I grew up in a very legalistic system, um, very fundamental. Uh, guys' hair couldn't touch their ears. Women had to wear limited makeup. You know, the skirts had to go uh, like an inch off the ground if you were kneeling, uh, some crazy thing like that. I remember, I remember walking through church, and this is a true story, and there'd be a line of girls lined up in the hallway with somebody with a ruler measuring the skirt length. That's a true story. Men couldn't have facial hair. Women uh, couldn't wear pants. If they wore pants, it was only for outdoor activities, and you had to have a skirt over it. You know, I mean, yeah. That's a true story. I know some of you are like, what? Dude, but guys, this is the way I grew up, okay? So you can help, it'll help you understand some of my wiring that God is redoing in me, all right? Uh, what else? Uh, you know, we had like 
80 rules of obedience that we had to do and six inch eating a fiance and you couldn't touch her or kiss her or hold her hand or like, man, I want to know my wife's a good kiss. Anyway, any of this is another story. Um, so there were just these tons and tons and tons and tons of rules and regulations. And what we missed in the middle of that, we were so concerned about the length of a woman's skirt that we lost the fact that gospel was setting people free. And in a culture of ungrace, all it does is keep people in bondage. And legalism is like that and control is like that. And I'm telling you what drives this is fear. It's fear we're going to lose control. It's fear we're going to lose people. It's fear nobody's going to follow the rules. It's fear nobody's going to ring the register. It's fear no one's going to give. No one's going to show up. Fear, fear, fear. And so some egomaniac is driving this bus, right? Right off a cliff of ungrace. We've got to get away from this. Not that we are, but I'm just, just saying this is what happens in a culture of ungrace. If we, we have legalism in our homes. We expect something out of someone that can never deliver. We have a culture of ungrace sometimes in our families and we, we expect our children to do something that they just can't do or they're not created to do. I have such a passion for my son and what he, and what he wants to do. And he's going to school and, and, I, and I always get so excited going to the college campus, right? I, I had a weird life, okay? So anything that my kids get to do in a normal high school stuff, setting, I'm excited about. Like, you guys got a gym? That's cool. Wow. That's, that's really cool. You know, I love this campus, you know, in the car, in the ivy growing on the side of the building, and, and I'm noticing everything, and Luke's like, oh, my God. Uh, uh. I'm like, dude, isn't this awesome? This campus is, I love this campus. Man, I want to go back to school. This is great. Transport me back to when I'm 19 and didn't have a clue. My caution to you as parents is to make sure you dowel out tons of grace for your kids. Luke's, Luke's not me. He's completely different than me, actually. Well, he's in me in some ways. He's internal. He's calm. He's steady. I'm a wild man. I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh yeah, Cliff, let's go, you know? Luke's measured. Uh, I'm an emoter. He internalizes. So, so it's easy for me to say, come on, son, let's go mountain biking. I don't like to mountain bike. What? Are you crazy? Are you from my DNA? What's wrong with you? You know? But let him make some music. Oh, my gosh. Let him mix some EDM. He'll blow your mind. So, son, I just want to honor you tonight. You're a good man. We've got to develop this culture of grace in our families, guys. Your kids aren't you. You're not your parents. Love on them. Love where they are. Live where they are. Tons of grace will break fear. Fear will keep us in bondage, my friends. Fear will keep us away from the Lord. Fear will keep you from your destiny. Fear will keep you from your, from your future. Don't let fear. Give, don't give place to fear. Look at this uh, crazy verse. Jesus is talking to all the pastors of his day, right? He says this, What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisee? Hypocrites, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens. 
but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, yes, he says, but do not neglect the more important things. Blind guides. You shrink your water so you won't accidentally swallow a gnat, but you swallow a camel. I mean, you feel, and this whole chapter is just Jesus busting the pastors. He's like, you know, they're, they're like obeying the law to the, to the tiniest jot and tittle, to the tiniest tithe. They're cutting their herbs up and giving one-tenth of that to God. Can you imagine that? I mean, you, got this, you, know, you guys are gardeners, and you got your cilantro out, and, and you're cutting your cilantro, and like, oh, one-tenth. How do you measure that? One-tenth of that's got to go to the Lord. That's my tithe. And yet they would keep these rules and regulations on people. It was said that they added 712 more commandments to people than Moses originally did. You can't live that way. Jesus was so frustrated. Like, gosh, I'm here to set them free and all you want to do is keep them in bondage. All you want to do is heap new rules and regulations on them. That's legalism in its best form. Created by a culture of ungrace. We're pulling the stakes up. We've got to live in a culture of grace. Grace changes the way we see people. We see people who may never change through the pains of love, not judgment or fear. I read this story. You've probably heard this before. A lady's sitting in her kitchen and she's looking at her neighbor's laundry. And she's like, well, I wish somebody would teach that woman how to do laundry. Her laundry is so dingy. And so day after day, she complained to her husband, man, look, at, look how, how dirty that woman's laundry is. That's pathetic, man. She needs a new washer or somebody needs to go over there and show her how to do her laundry. Month after month, day after day, she complained about how this woman didn't know how to do laundry. So one morning, she's sitting there having coffee and she looks out her window and says, wow, her laundry is so beautiful. Look how white and pristine and how colorful the colors are. And, and she, somebody probably went over there and finally showed that woman how to do laundry. Her husband comes in and says, no, honey, I got up early this morning and cleaned our windows. <laughs> Do you see that we see people through the pain of distrust or fear and how it can cloud your judgment? If you see people through the lens that God has really created for us, in other words, clean your windows, don't worry about the gnat that you might swallow an accident. Worry about the camel you're choking on. Don't worry about the splinter in my eye when there's a freaking beam in yours. Not not you and me. You know what I'm saying. We judge people so quickly because of our past experiences, our own fears, our own judgments, our own bitterness, whatever we're holding people in judgment. Every, right? You get hurt in a relationship. Uh, forget that, man. I am never trusting a woman again. I am never trusting a guy again. They're dirtbags. I'm not doing it. And what do you do? Every person that comes through your life, through that lens, is judged through your experience. Come on, somebody. Are you with me? It's, it's judged through your past experience. And that's not who you really are. You're present forward, not present backwards. Does this make sense? We've got to live in this grace, amazing grace way that allows us to see people through the pains of love and not judgment or fear. We're almost done. Grace also fuels a forgiving heart. A forgiving heart leads to pure love. 
So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Jesus says, love each other just as I've loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Listen, my friends, it's not how much church you attend. It's not the church you attend. It's not Keystone. It's not how much you give, pray, fast, wax, tithe. I don't know where wax came from. Uh, (laughs) Nothing wrong with waxing, all right? I'm just saying. Uh, It doesn't matter. That's not, listen to me, that's not your identity. Your identity to the world is how do you love one another? Can you really look at someone and say, man, you hurt me, but I love you. You're forgiven. Yes, it's already done. I looked at Mike last night and I hurt him. I hurt him and I saw it in his eyes and my heart just rent. I'm like, oh, I hurt a guy I love to death. Quickly forgive, quickly love. Because you know when you quickly forgive and you quickly repent, guess what comes? Lots of love. Lots of grace. Lots of freedom. Lots of ability to no longer hold each other in bitterness and anger, but to set people free in love and forgiveness. Grace fuels this. Jesus said, look, here's how they're going to know you're mine. Not by your robes, not by your, your little tassels, not by your, your, your special... Your, your special phylacteries. I had to pull that word out of my head, huh? Uh, not by your, 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 as many times you can say the Lord's Prayer. I mean, there are so many, so many rules and regulations. Did you know this? They used to call the Pharisees the bleeding Pharisee. You know why? Because they thought they were so pure. With a woman walking toward them, they'd have to bow their head, and most of them would run into walls on purpose and, and like, show their bruises. Look how holy I am. Dude, your head's bleeding. I know. I bowed my head when this hottie walked by. <laughs> That's how holy I am. I mean, there's this one guy named Simon back in like uh, the, the Middle Ages. He lived on top of a pillar for 37 years and bowed before the Lord 1,224 times a day. There's this other sect of people. They were called the Shakers. You could get married, but you could never have sex. So their whole existence was doomed for, you know, was doomed. <laughs> That's a true story. They're called the Shakers. You could, you, could, you could get married, but you never have sex. Well, that's not going to work. Do you see what I'm saying? In a, in a culture that doesn't love one another, how weird it can get and how quickly. There's another sect in Ireland. They used to wear loincloths made out of thorns. There you go, men. Uh-huh. We're always trying to make these rules of unlove and ungrace. And Jesus says, man, why, why are you guys doing this? It's crept back into our church today. I mean, legalism changes and rules change and unlove changes all the time. For me, it was, you know, short skirts and and long hair and and vice versa for guys and girls. And now it's abortion and homosexuality or race or whatever it is. Those, you know, the issues are always changing, but grace never changes. So it doesn't matter if you're looking at someone who's struggling with a a sin of addiction or a a sin of uh, porn or, or whatever. You see them through the eyes of grace. You see them through the lens of perfect love. Check this out. I love this. Grace sets the table for belonging. Forgiveness is the wine. And love is the main course. Forgiveness, grace sets the table for belonging. Forgiveness is the wine. And love is the main course. Isn't it good? Guys, I just want to encourage you tonight. I just want to, I want to, I want your hearts to be filled with grace. 
I want you to experience him on a level. If you're searching tonight, man, you're just like, I'm struggling my faith. I'm looking. I'm searching. Find him. He's there. As we sang tonight, he's not going to hide himself. I love the journey some of us are on, just discovering Jesus in a new way, discovering him the way he should have been discovered. And you know what? Once you discover him, there'll be more and more and more the manifold discoveries of God, the manifold, like a Japanese fan as it's opened up, the picture's revealed. And fold by fold by fold, Jesus reveals more and more of himself. You can stand with me if you like. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for tonight, Lord. We thank you for this message. Uh, it's not about the message, man. It's about you, God, and your grace and your your wisdom. And you know, God, we just want to we want we want this to be such a revelation in our hearts, guys. If you feel comfortable, you know, this is what we do. Just just place your hands on your heart and say, God, get this message in me, this message of love, that I am loved and I can love. I just feel tonight some of us have been jaded in love. Some of us don't trust love anymore. Guys, let me just encourage you. Just trust the love of Jesus. Know that he loves you, and because he loves you, you can love. He said, love one another just as I've loved you. So if you're on a journey of discovery tonight, guys, I'm I'm excited for you. You're going to find Jesus. You're going to find a real Jesus. You're going to find the real lover of your soul. Lord, I thank you for my friends here tonight, our family. God, I bless them in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that whatever we put our hands to this week will be blessed for, for our good and your glory. Lord, wherever the soles of our feet touch, God, may it be just claimed for your kingdom. We love you so much. We thank you for calling us, setting us free, for loving us to life. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.